Satu, abracadabra. Hi, Boomer. That was a good start. <laughs> uh, I'm not I mean, ca- heard casting. That lately. Yeah, exactly. I'm not casting any sort of magical potion here. Actually, you know what's funny about the origin of that word? Have you ever wondered what abracadabra means? Yes, I have multiple times, and I think I've Googled it once, but I can't remember what it was. So I love this because I grew up watching a lot of Disney movies. I don't necessarily watch them anymore except for the remakes, which Lion King was pretty well done. Hey, yo, Beyonce, (laughs) well done. Um, Abracadabra means with my word I create. And I think it's a great way to start today's episode because we're going to be talking about, what are we going to be talking about, Satu? Language. Language. And language has become increasingly important in my life over the past couple of years. How and many languages do you speak? Not that kind of language. Come on. <laughs> I have the wonderful gift of being from a country where uh, the average, it's funny because if you talk to the average person outside of the United States who is not British, they speak at least two languages. If they are from London or, or from Great Britain, they maybe speak one or two. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're from the United States, you barely speak one. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just shouted out to 85% of our listenership, which is from the United States, but I love you guys. I'm American. I still have a passport. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to language. Yes. How did you realize that language is an important aspect of performance? And yes, guys, we're going to be talking today about the words that come out of your mouth and how they determine your performance. Um, I think that was very early in my career. Let's say 2006 or seven. And I really consciously understood that language has or can have a huge difference um, and impact on on the result of of situations, actions, um, because of my colleagues who were kind enough to start teaching me about details in communication. I always be very curious about communication. I've studied a lot of communication, both like corporate communications, but also like the details of behavior and communications. And I, I, I like to listen to people when they speak. And I think that that's something I've been doing my entire life, but it became much more conscious when I entered the consultancy role back in um, probably it was 2007 um, and started actually listening even more carefully what, happens when people choose certain wordings so that's quite fascinating it is right um can i tell you a little bit about how i realized language was important yeah do that so like many good stories this one starts at a bar and i was at a bar in st petersburg florida what do you think i was drinking Satya? vodka no, come on. Vodka, no. It's just like, so I was doing what is called the NorCal Margarita, if you're a Rob Wolf fan, and that's a, a soda, water, and tequila. And this was a couple of years ago um, when I was still drinking a little bit more than I do now. And I was sitting at the bar in, this is again in St. Petersburg at a hotel. And this gentleman came up to me and he's just this towering individual. It's very tall. He's very talkative and he orders a sparkling water and we start to have this conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, I noticed he was correcting my words. And it wasn't in the sense that he was an asshole. Like he wasn't just doing it for the hell of it. Like he was doing it to make me realize something. 
And what I didn't realize was it had a very positive effect on me and it made me go through the rest of the day actually a lot better, the rest of the weekend, frankly. And he was in this same seminar that I was in. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to that guy, actually. His name is Bob Hurd. And if Bob, if you're listening to this, I know you occasionally listen to the podcast. Thank you. And Bob actually cool. later after that conversation, we exchanged emails and he corrected even the subject line of my email. And noticing the effect that had on me, I actually printed out the email and put it in my wallet and still carry it in my wallet to this day. But that was how I realized the power of language. And I've gone as far as to start studying this a little bit more proactively with people that we've mentioned in the podcast before, people like Mike Bloodsoe and Procabulary, as well as Bob Hurd and Antecor and those people. Mm -hmm. But for me, I, I think a good sentence to sum up how language is important is, you know, language is the creation whole. What you say has both conscious and subconscious effects. And I think, Saucer, you, you noticed that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can consciously choose certain words, but you can also subconsciously just talk. And then later on, you realize what the impact was. But of course, there's also the impact to the receiver of your message that can be either subconscious or conscious. So there are so many things happening in in multiple levels when you're interacting with someone. And it's difficult to control. And we can only control just a small part of that. Um, And it's not only the words, what we say, it's also how we say things that then gets interpreted by the receiver. And that's what makes it so fascinating and also so complex. Exactly. And let's talk about how we say it, because this to me is, and look, this is a world that I'm relatively new to. I told told you that I only had this conversation a couple of years ago, but... um, you know, I look at the world of language and the way I understand it is kind of broken down into conflict language and then architect language. And let me explain a little bit of both of those mm-hmm. because there are people listening to this that are probably like, okay, that's, that's interesting. You just told me what my, you know, you just told me language is important. My English teacher told me that when I was nine years old, Yeah, but conflict language is language that creates a disempowered world and it creates erratic performance. And anybody listening to this podcast is about performance. They know that we're about performance. So the opposite of conflict language is really architect language. And that's powerful. You know it when you feel it. It's like when I was sitting at that bar and Mm -hmm. having my language corrected, I knew it had an effect on me. It's powerful. It's consistent. What does it produce? It produces performance, not only in you, but as you alluded to earlier and rightfully alluded to, and produces a level of performance in others. But, and but's actually not a good word to use for no. language. <laughs> uh, and let's, let's get into some of the ways that we can maybe start to notice it, shall we? Yeah. All right. So you guys are probably wondering, what are the brands of blue light blockers that I recommend? Well, one of them is the sponsor for today's podcast, and they are Blue Blocks. I've had the CEO, Andy Mant, on the show before where we got into a really deep dive on blue light. 
And you know that if you get any amount of blue light in your glasses, no matter if it's 3%, 10%, whatever, it does disrupt melatonin production. And so Andy has created blue light blockers that hold up to the highest standards. And in fact, and I'll link to it in the show notes, you can see when he's tested it versus other brands that they always come out on top. And so quality is a thing I appreciate and is what exactly I recommend for all of our clients. But if you head over to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and plug in the code DS15, you're going to get 15% off. And now on with the show. So Satu, how do you start to observe people's language? Well, first of all, you need to have the interest and the motivation to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you just start using your ears. It's so easy. Um, and really not just to hear the message, listen to how it is verbally communicated, how it is uh, structured, what kind of words does the person use? And, and an interesting way is to do it at the office. Like if you're hearing someone is giving feedback to someone else, how does the person formulate the feedback? And what kind of reaction does that trigger um, for the receiver? Because you can really give a nice feedback to someone and just ruin it with the word but that you just mentioned. <laughs> it's it's you hear this so often that someone says like I really loved your work that you did with the this and that project um, with us, but I would have liked you to blah blah blah. Now, mm-hmm. what does the person remember from that? The latter. The, but, the, the but of course, yeah, right? The but whatever happened after the but must be so much more important. And actually, I could have just if I gave that feedback to someone. I could have sincerely said that I really liked the work, but I just continued with the wrong wording. So instead of doing that, being conscious about the action that, yeah, I can choose to give feedback. I can choose to separate those two sentences. This is what I liked. And this is my advice to you, what you could improve. You don't need to take something away with the word, but, and I'm not saying that you should never use the word, but because that exists and there's a reason for that. You just need to be conscious about it. So by being conscious and you can start learning how to be more conscious just by listening to others and then practice in your everyday life. One of the, and again, this is an area that I am very consciously working on actively. So one of my fascinations with language actually stems from a quote by Henry Ford, and I'm not going to get the exact quote right, but (laughs) whether you can or can't, you're right. And that just basically goes for me to say something to the effect of you, your perception creates your reality. And one of the language areas that I like to look at a lot is negations versus affirmations. Mm. And so negations being uh, what was, what isn't, what can't possibly be. And you're using words like I can't, I don't. And you're immediately shutting off the possibility to what can happen. Yeah. You're signaling your brain. Exactly. And that narrows your focus so much. Whereas you can just very simply flip it into an affirmation using words like are, am, is, 
and you create opportunity. Yeah. And by creating opportunity, the world becomes a much different place. And if the idea is performance, performance is all about opportunity and then seizing that opportunity. But to create opportunity, one of the ways that we can get there is through this language. Yeah. And similar to this is the power of questions. And we hear so often that adults ask questions like, do you like this? Wasn't it so? Isn't it this way? You're seeking confirmations. But, and now I choose consciously to use the word but, if you actually would start asking more open-ended questions, you're actually opening up for growth. Now, why do I mention adults? Because kids, they have the tendency to ask those open-ended questions quite naturally. They just ask like, why, 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 what is this? They're curious. But we adults sort of think that we already need to know everything. So turning that consciously towards be more curious, dare to ask like, how do you see this? Why is it like this? What if we would do that? And, and so on. And you're immediately signaling your brain, oh, I'm curious and I'm open to learn. So I'm open to grow. Absolutely. This is one of the reasons why I started a podcast. And now that I reflect on it, I can understand how you ask questions and some of the emails that we exchange <laughs> because <laughs> it's open-ended to growth, but perfect, perfect uh, answer there. Now let's talk a little bit about binary language because binary language is something that I find to be quite dangerous. I liken it to the landmines. And when I talk about buying binary language, you can imagine what I'm, I'm thinking it's things like always or never zero mm. or one. There's only one opportunity or, a, a, or something else, right? These are very, narrow focused terms in a way because they're making the world into absolutes which sometimes or which it is not now a quick fix on these in terms of always or never a quick fix on these can be just simply introducing words like sometimes usually rarely and it has a completely different effect to somebody that you're speaking with Definitely. And I think those two words are the biggest problems when it, in people's relationships at, at home, I mean, between husbands and wives and partners, mm-hmm. um, because you tend to say, you always do this and that. And it might be just that you often do this and that, or it might not even be that. But we have this, I don't know why, but we just want to point things out that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Let's kind of wrap things up here in terms of key takeaways for people on language. You've already mentioned a couple of steps on how people to observe or people can observe language. What would be your path forward if you're a listener right now as to how to get more and more involved? Are there books, resources, ways that you would get dive into this? What was some of your journey, Satu? An easy way would be just plan to start or start not just to plan but start practicing new ways of communication and you could have that this week i'm going to practice consciously um, asking more open-ended questions and then you would coach yourself at the end of the week you would see okay so what kind of situations did i manage to do this well Uh, what kind of results did that bring me Uh, how did the people react when i asked these questions So reevaluate and and coach yourself forward. And also the other one, which is really simple, just 
open your ears and just start listening when you go around walking in the city or in meetings. How do other people communicate? And how do you actually see that the responder or the other person who they're having the interaction with, how do they feel when they are hearing these kind of words like but or whatever, or negative wordings? So start observing. Beautiful. And body language is a great thing to observe here. Yes. One of my favorite sayings or phrases is kind of this idea of extreme ownership. Actually, one of my favorite phrases is extreme ownership. It was a book. You can read it if you want. But one of the takeaways I got out of extreme ownership is everything that you do, you are at cause in, you are producing. One of the ways that you do that is through language and you can use things like projection language or reflection language. Projection language puts the responsibility on the other person. Reflection language puts the responsibility on you. Mm -hmm. And going to reflection language is a much more powerful way for me to go through the world. And so realizing that you create your own universe is a very, very powerful tool. Yeah. And it's very powerful that the simple word can actually hinder you from doing something or uh, I don't know, create your world, make your world a better place. It's, it's very powerful. Um, the concept of language. So this is our first introduction into a world of language. We're going to explore this more because it is a relatively uncovered world in the domain of performance. And we want to give you guys the tools to perform at your absolute best, of which language is extremely, extremely important. So the show notes for this one will be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash language. And if you enjoyed this episode, send us a comment, podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. Thank you guys for listening and abracadabra. Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like... 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode. 